Welcome first-time listeners and returners to the Sports Deli. To find out more about the Sports Deli Podcast, check us out online at thesportsdelipodcast.com. And whether you're folding laundry, driving, exercising, or cooking, grab your favorite deli sandwich or bagel and your favorite beverage, and let's do this together in the Sports Deli. We are honored to have Detroit native Lou Scott on the podcast. After trying to locate my former high school cross-country coach at Oak Park High School for the last eight months during the pandemic, a huge thanks again to Gary Corbett in Detroit who helped me track Coach Scott down, no pun intended. And we are so lucky and blessed to have you in the Sports Deli to share your incredible journey for the first time ever on a podcast. He attended Old Eastern High, now known as MLK High School, and had to train without a track and would have to go to Belle Isle to train on their track. He had a paper route, which, as you will hear later, is the reason he found his calling when his bike broke in the middle of his paper route one day. And not long thereafter, beat the reigning city champ in the half mile during his first meet ever. He used to find out what his opponents would do to train and double his training. He learned his toughness from Lorenzo Wright, his coach who won the four by one at the 1948 Olympics. And when coach Scott decided to wear roller skates one day, coach Wright put a chair in the middle of the track and told Lou, when I'm tired of watching you run, you can leave. And Lou never wore roller skates ever again. Ironically, Coach Scott, as a professional, later ran in the same stadium in London where Coach Wright won his gold medal in 1948. He ran his collegiate track and cross country at Arizona State University, and Lou Scott represented the United States in the 1968 Olympics. And you don't want to miss this historic interview as Coach Scott not only shares his remarkable journey, but we'll talk about the aftermath of John Carlos, Tommy Smith, and Peter Norman's decision to protest during the Olympics. Jesse Owens was a keynote speaker at the 1968 Olympics. Bob Beeman was his roommate. He won the silver medal in the 1967 Pan American Games in Winnipeg. He had personal bests in the mile of four minutes and four seconds and some change. The two mile was eight minutes, 35 seconds. That was in 1967. The mile was in 64. And the 5,000 meters was 13 minutes, 46 seconds in 1968. Lou was the second African-American long-distance runner in the history of the Olympics. He turned professional eventually and ran in Tokyo, ironically, which we'll talk about, London and Italy. He shares a birthday with Beyonce and Damon Wayans. He taught and coached for nearly 40 years, as did his brother. Shout out and flowers to Benny, who set this up in Detroit. And he's a deacon. He loves to read, still runs with his training partners who are in their 80s and 90s. And you cannot find him anywhere online because he doesn't do social media. And that's why it took me eight months to track him down. And again, Coach, this is your first ever podcast, and I, I can't tell you uh, how extraordinarily honored we are to uh, have you get in the Sports Deli karma and, and, and welcome. <laughs> there he is. He's good. The, the deacon, Coach Scott, in the house. He's going to put on his uh, Olympic jacket. I like that. I love it. Take your time. 
<laughs> but yes, sir. Look at that Olympic jacket. This is the one I marched That's in the stadium, uh, you know, in 68. I will keep this jacket until I die. Yes, sir. Yes, he did. Coach, wonderful to see you. It's wonderful to see you too, Mike. God bless you. Well, you look amazing. Uh, you don't look a day over, uh, you know, you know, a day over. <laughs> um, the body tells a different story. Well, you're still, you're still training and, and, uh, you know, you're still uh, active and um, it's a testament to your story, which we're going to tell today. So we're, we're honored that we're the first podcast that you've ever done. I'm glad we tracked you down and uh, just not only for, not only for this, but just to, just to catch up and tell you what, what an impact, you know, you had on uh, on my life. Uh, I, I didn't really know how to work hard. I mean, I had some great mentors growing up, but, um, you know, the fact that, uh, you taught us how to grind and, and push through, uh, and, uh, get our bodies to do things we had no idea we could do. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I had never run in my life and I just did it for the fact that I wanted to be popular as a freshman, right? Get my letterman jacket. And I took so much more away from it. Uh, the memories, the work ethic, uh, and, and it really helped me later in life. So I, I, I can't thank you enough for that. Thank you. God bless you. <laughs> you grew up on Gratian and Mount Elliott. Correct. On the street called Sylvester. Sylvester. And so talk about how, how it was to, to grow up there. Because, you know, when we talk to some of our guests now, you know, it, it's different. You know, my grandfather used to say people don't know poor now. You know, everyone's got a cell phone now, even if they are considered poor. And, you know, back then... It was a little bit different. Talk, talk about that. Well, poor was uh, actually where we lived. Um, we were the first black family to move on Sylvester. Wow. A lot of people don't know this, but Detroit was all white. Right. And um, most of the black people lived in a, an area called uh, Black Bottom which is no longer in existence. But um, uh, we were poor, but uh, my dad was a preacher, a Methodist preacher. Uh, we always talked about faith. And to me, I thought that I was okay. I had something to eat. I had a bed, a roof over my head. Um, the, the key that I had in my life all the time was hard work. Um, my dad taught all of us how to cook. He taught all of us how to clean house. You had to have all your chores done. You had to get your grades. Um, and then I, everything I did as a youngster evolved around running. Um, I did not play any games that you sat down, the cards. Well, you couldn't play cards because my dad was a minister. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like cards because uh, people would yell at me when I threw the wrong card. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't do well with cards. But um, I remember around eight years old, the kids on our block, uh, we would have a game running around the block. And there's about approximately a mile. And we would run around 25 times. And we would say, I'll stop if you stop. And then I say, well, I'll stop if you stop because we didn't want to lose. Right. 
but um, we were very competitive. Uh, from there, I worked at a grocery store and um, I had a morning free press route and the route had to be done by 7 a.m. And uh, I had, I bought a bike to do my route. I wore that bike out. Then I used my sister's bike. The seat broke. <laughs> oh so, so, you know, when you have no seat, you can't sit down. <laughs> no, you cannot. Now those heavy papers either. Uh, right. So um, uh, some mornings when I woke up, the bike would be on flat. So I would have to get up and run to my papers. And my papers were about five miles from my house. I had to run to, to get the papers, fold them, and wow. run and do all those, <laughs> get all those papers out of at least 50 to 75 papers before 7 a.m. And if you didn't get them in before 7 a.m., the people didn't want them because they were going to work. So, uh, but I was very successful at doing that. It's just that, Whatever obstacle I faced, uh, I, I only looked at it as a challenge, but I was not going to let it defeat me. But anyway, um, as I got on to high school in the 10th grade, um, that was my first year in high school because I went to a junior high. And that really upset me because uh, I missed a year that I could have been running track. But anyway... Right. To make a long story short, I was in the gym and I saw a, a varsity runner from Eastern High School running around the track and he looked to be running slow. So I said to myself, I could beat him. And one of the guys in the gym heard me and he went and told him. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy come down, and he said, I'm on the varsity. You can't beat me. And I said, well, tomorrow, let's see. So the next day, we got on the track. Uh, the mile was 22 times for a mile. I lapped him about five times. Unbelievable. Wow. <laughs> and I, wasn't even, I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just running. Um, so I was- No training, no training, nothing. Zero training, zero. Except for, you know, when I was a kid running around running the block. Running around the block, right. But that wasn't official. So I lapped him about five times. Right, five times, yep. And um, I was going to go out for baseball because I was a very good baseball player. I played, played center field. But track practice started before baseball practice. So I went out for the track team. And it was the old guys versus the new guys. Uh-oh. And um, when, the, when the uniforms were passed out, the new guys got whatever was left. Mm. My, my, my top was supposed to be white and black. The E was supposed to be black. They had washed that shirt so much <laughs> that it was only had a black lining on it. And my, my trunks was supposed to be orange. <laughs> they looked pink. <laughs> oh, my God. And, and so at the first, uh, it was an intramural track meet. Hmm. Um, old guys against the new guys. And the city champion had a brand new uniform with his name on it. And I was jealous. And I said, well, I'm going to beat him. Yes, <laughs> I sir. Had, I had no idea what that meant. So I beat him in the 800. And the coach said, uh, he said, Mr. Scott, 
I need to see you in my office. And I said, well, coach, what did I do wrong? I'm in trouble already. <laughs> and he said, well, we have a, a problem, but it's a good problem. He said, you just beat the city champion in the half mile and we don't have room for two half milers. So since he's a senior and you're in the 10th grade, uh, he's running the half mile and you're running the mile. And I said, well, okay, because cool. I had no idea what the distances were, no clue. So I decided that I would run the mile. Um, wow. And it was quite an adventure because in the 10th grade, I was undefeated. Uh, I won the East Side Championship. And then I got the big head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, because a big uh-oh because the state champion was on the west side. Oh, Lordy. <laughs> I had to run against uh, Dick Sharkey, and I will never forget this. Uh, but I still had this big head, and I had a, a lot of issues with following instructions. My coach told me to stay with Sharkey. But um, on the east side and all the other championships, uh, I was lagging behind and coming up with this great big kick. Right. <laughs> but that was a huge mistake in the city finals in the 10th grade mm. because Sharkey was, number one, he was a state champ. Mm. He was so far ahead of me when I got to the gun lap that um, I was saying, well, I hope I get second. <laughs> and um, Yeah, that kick didn't matter at that point. It, he was so far ahead. Um, I was I was not going to catch him. Um, and in fact, uh, Tony Mitz of, of um, Cody uh, outkicked me for second place. Wow. So I, I came in third in the city, but the first three were considered all city. But to me, all city is number one. <laughs> I was right. very upset. I was crying. I was despondent. Um, wow. And, you know, you should never listen to the crowd because they were laughing at me and saying, yeah, you thought you were going to win because you won the East Side Championship. Mm. You think you bad, you ain't nothing. Yeah. And I remember when I first started running track, the track practices, the first day, the coach put the chair in the center of the gym <laughs> and he had his newspaper. He never looked up. This is the first day of practice. And he told us to run. And you know how everybody tried to impress him right. on his side of the track. And on the other side, we slowed down. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Sports <laughs> Deli is sponsored by Sport RX, the leader in sport prescription eyewear. You can find them online at sportrx.com. And don't forget to enter the code DELI10 at checkout for your special 10% discount. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the Sports Deli. It was about 200 guys on that track wow. for about 30 spots. So he let us run for three hours and he, he didn't look up. So when he did look up, he blew the whistle and boy, we were panting. Well, we was tired. And he said, go the other way. <laughs> Do you know that track emptied like somebody had a gun shooting at people? <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. And he 
picked this paper up, sat back down, and started reading again. And so we said, oh, man, wow. <laughs> but um, the guys that left the track, uh, he let us run for another hour, and, and he blew wow. the whistle. And he said, well, OK, gentlemen, the practice is over. He said, the people that left kicked themselves off the team. Mm, I heard that. Because <laughs> I was thinking about it. I'm sure <laughs> you were after four hours. A little voice in my head says, <laughs> I think if you leave, that'll be a bad move. <laughs> so wow. I, decided, I decided to stay. And the really funny part was the next day, our legs were so sore. Oh, I mean, I could hardly walk. Right. So he said, we you know a bunch of the guys, we got together and we said, well, let's go to the coach and tell them, can we miss the practice today? Because our legs are sore from today's practice. <laughs> and he said, gentlemen, tomorrow your legs will be sore from today's practice. <laughs> <laughs> so we knew that that wouldn't work, but we ran. Um, that was a tough, tough year. But I decided, uh, my coach called me into the office and he said, Lou, 3.30 to 5.30 is not enough. And I'm saying, well, coach, I, I can barely walk now. All right. He said, you need to get up in the mornings and run around Belle Isle. Hmm. And when I looked at him, I wished I could have said something, but out of respect, I didn't. I was saying, sure. this man lost his mind <laughs> <laughs> but anyway i got up and i ran i started running around bell Isle and my house was about uh, um, five to eight miles from bell Isle plus 5.5 around so i was running about 14 15 miles in the morning um, then come back shower eat go to class um, and after practice we didn't have a track so we had to ride the bus to bell Isle while the guys were loading everything we needed on the bus, you know, hurdles, pole vaults, shot puts, disc, uh, I would take off running and I would beat them to the island. <laughs> so I know, I know you told me you never get tired, but were, were you running like full tilt there and back and around Belle, Belle Isle or were you just uh, a leisurely yep. jog there and back? And then once you got to Belle Isle, you were, you know, you were you trying to, to make time. You, you have to pace yourself. You, you, full tilt is for races only. Got you. And then, and if it's a marathon, there is no full tilt. Mm, right. <laughs> you have to wait till the right time to strike if you're in position to mm -hmm. strike. Mm -hmm. But uh, there was no full tilt. Um, but uh, morning workouts, I call it um, uh, garbage runs in the book technical term is fartleks where you'd speed up slow down speed up slow down but you had to get that mileage in mm. um, it was key to getting a lot of miles in, and that's what my coach was re referring to 330 to 530 was not enough mm. so i would uh what happened uh after i lost in the city championships uh i ran around the bell Isle religiously every morning and um, then after school, I trained. Uh, I trained very hard. And I really didn't understand or realize what I was doing is I made myself stronger than any other athlete that was running the mile. And so I continued uh, training. 
so my sophomore, I mean, my junior year, um, I was going to run the mile against the state champion. And my goal was to beat him, Dick Sharkey. And I thought if I could beat Dick Sharkey, I could beat anybody. So um, the first meet, um, I wanted to run a half mile, but my coach said, no, you're going to run the mile because we don't have anybody to run the mile. <laughs> and I was I was afraid because Tony Mitz, Mitz of, uh, of Cody had oh, beaten yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't I didn't want to face him right then. But uh, when the coach said, you're running the mile, I said, well, OK, um, I, I beat Tony very easily. Mm-hmm. Very. And in fact, it surprised me. And I said, oh, well, that, that's not not too bad. So um, after that, um, I was undefeated all the, the year, junior year. Mm-hmm. all my junior year to the state regionals. And in the regional competition, um, I was not with Sharkey and Tony. Tony and Sharkey was in another regional. And they were writing about Sharkey and saying that Sharkey was going to repeat as state champion, you know. Of course. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but I had other plans. <laughs> so what happened, room material. Oh, yes. So what happened was um, we get to the state final. But before we got there, my auntie, I told her I needed a pair of shoes because back in the 60s, your shoes had weights on the bottom of them. Right. <laughs> they were very heavy. Very heavy. And I told my auntie I needed a pair of shoes, and I never forget her, God rest her soul. She made my uncle buy me a pair of shoes, and that was in, like, January. Wow. I didn't even run in them. I kept them in the box until the state final. And um, wow, I made someone hold those shoes, and <laughs> I told them, don't let anybody put their hands on my shoes. The Sports Deli is sponsored by City Lokes, C-I-T-Y-L-O-C-S. You can find them online at citylokes.com where you can go and make your own personalized license plate hats. They're so cool. You got to check them out. And don't forget to enter the code THESPORTSDELI at checkout for your special 10% discount. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the Sports Deli. So uh, in the state final, uh, my junior year, and running against the state champion, Dick Sharkey. So um, they line us up. And I knew Sharkey likes to go out hard and then the third lap save up for a big kick. (laughs) I had a surprise for him. Mm, You were going to stay with him this time. Well, I, 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 I did even better. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Sharky went out too fast. Mm. He went out too fast. His first lap was 59. And four, wow. minute, miles, yeah, four minute miles don't go out that fast. So mm. I, I stayed about 10 yards behind him. Mm. And so at the first lap. So you were uh, watching the time. Correct. You, you have to watch the you time. You have to watch the time. If, if, if you don't watch the time, you'll either go too fast or too slow. And so where was this at? Where was this at? This was at the University of Michigan. Wow. I never will forget it. State finals is either at Michigan or Michigan State. So this must have been a great crowd. It, it was a huge crowd. Oh. Huge crowd. And so at the first lap, 
there was a lot of people, you know, the I call them the extra runners trying to be in the picture. But <laughs> like me. Sharky, Sharky, <laughs> yeah, but Sharky went out so fast, uh 59. I said, oh no, that's no mm -hmm. way I can keep that up. So I I paced him about 10 yards behind. He came by the half mile in about 201, which was still too still fast. Still too fast, yeah. But he wanted to rest the third lap. That's when I passed him. I made up all that yard ground and I passed him. And the people said, hey, what are you doing? Do you know who you're in front of? <laughs> I didn't say a word. And people were laughing and joking. And man, this, this kid doesn't know where he's at. And so when the gun went up, I was about 25 yards in front of Shaka. When the gun raised up and they fired the gun lamp, you could hear a mosquito fly around. <laughs> it wow. got so quiet. And I took, I mean, I took off. Um, and the coach always warned us never to look back. But when I got around that last turn, I said, <laughs> where is Sharky? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I, I look back and I couldn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, so I, great. I put my head down, I barreled in and uh, my friends mm. were jumping on me, pushing me down, beating me upside the head. Wow. Because I had won the state championship. Oh. And then the announcer came on and said, ladies and gentlemen, this young man has just run the fastest mile in Michigan history. Oh. 4.17.4. Wow. Because um, the, the record was 4.17.7. Wow. I had no idea what the time was. I had no clue. I only wanted to beat Shark. <laughs> <laughs> To me, that was my victory. But um, then, then the unfortunateness about this was the fact that back then the state championships came before the city championship. So wow. two weeks later, I had to run against Sharkey at his high school, Redford High School. Redford, wow. So I knew we were going to have a duel. I knew right then, I said, Oh, we, we it's gonna be some trouble. Wow. Well, you let him you showed him your strategy. Well, the strategy was the same, except okay. this time Sharky stayed with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The first lap he went out, and his coach said, Lou, get up there with Sharky. Uh, I knew better because I didn't train with him, so I can't run his race. Mm. Sharky has to run my race. Right. So Sharky went out again in 59. He slowed it up to about a 206. But uh, that's when I made my move. I, I passed him. But Sharky was not about to give in. Mm. But I made sure I kept him in the outside lane yep. for that last quarter because I knew that if he got in front of me, I was through. Mm. So we battled. And I could hear the judges say, watch those elbows. Oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, but um, there was about 5,000 people there. Wow. Um, uh, at Redford. Yes, at Redford. Wow. Uh, uh, two and a half thousand for me and two and a half thousand for him. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, roar, the cheer was so loud wow. that 
I, I couldn't hear. It was like being in deep water. It was deafening. They was cheering that loud. And wow. um, I knew my, <clears throat> my coach always told me if, if it's close, <laughs> and I hate to say it like this, and he's white and you're black, you lose. So I made sure that it was a human body between us. When we so that was that was something we haven't said yet. He's white. Oh yeah, Dick Sharkey. Right. Uh, I was the I was the only black runner. <laughs> um, on the east side, we had some black milers, mm -hmm. but they weren't of my caliber. That's right. But when we got to the championships, but people tried to make me look like it was something um, different, something uh, unique. But the, the Africa had been barred from the Olympics. So, you know. What do you, what do you mean by unique? Like they uh, were trying to say it was something. Uh, I shouldn't be running the mile the way I am mm. because I was black. That's, that's what I thought you were saying. Oh, yeah, yeah that's what I was saying. And I had no clue. All I knew is I, I like running and I enjoy running and I enjoy winning. And um, that's what I did. So coach, let, let me ask you this to that point, um, mm -hmm. because you said you were the first uh, African-American family uh, on your block. And, you know, Mumford used to be all white, you know, you, you, the high schools. Oh, yeah. yeah, everything. In my, and Mr. Golding from Oak Park, who was my basketball mentor, one of my mentors, you know, he talks about it. And uh, so this was just one situation where people were chatting it up about, you know, how you shouldn't have been necessarily running the mile because you're an African-American, but how were you treated in the neighborhood, you know, at your job at the grocery store, um, you know, as you were gaining more success, you know, how, how, how was that? Because the sixties were pretty tumultuous, right. Um, you know, from MLK, you know, civil rights, Kennedy was assassinated, you know, Thurgood Marshall, was being confirmed vietnam war was going on black panthers were founded you know uh there's a lot of things going on in the 60s you know and so how was it for you sports deli is sponsored by psk collective be inspired in psk their clothing line promotes inclusivity empowerment and equality and you can find them online at kohl's.com walmart.com tjmax.com lids.com and now target.com and now back to this incredible interview right here in the sports well time. number one mr wright told me he was not going to share me with anybody mm -hmm. so the job at the grocery store was out the paper route was out but uh um, he, he knew yeah he well he number one if you're going to be on a track team you have to practice and by him being a gold medal winner right. four by one, yeah. um, he knew what amount of work needed to be done in order to um, participate. But um, I'm, I'm the type of person, see, by my father being a, a, a minister, um, I don't see colors. I see people. I see value in people. Um, uh, if a person... Uh, is having a hard time of it, uh, there's a reason for it. But um, I never looked at, because when I went to Arizona State, I never looked, you know, I got guys would say, you know, oh, he's a black guy and he think he's this and he think he's that. 
I had keywords, hard work, focus, uh, determination. Uh, if being black don't have nothing to do with those those um, words that I just gave you there, um, it's not gonna bother me. <laughs> uh, my thing is once I set my mind on what I was going to do, I would have tunnel vision, mm -hmm. I would focus, and I would let nothing, nothing get or interfere with that. You, you so, can't do that. Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you're definitely in the minority um, from that standpoint, because, you know, uh, a lot of people don't have tunnel vision. They can't focus in that way, especially during those times. I mean, there was so much going on. Um, it's just uh, a, a huge credit to your resiliency and your focus. And, and so after your senior year, you go, you mentioned Arizona State. Mm -hmm. And you had a conversation with the coach, and and one of the things he told you was to stay away from the white women. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. And just that was first, that that was first thing. First thing. <laughs> he said, "Stay." But those are the types of things that you had to face, right? Like uh, that was minor oh, yeah. compared to everything else. I'm sure there was other things that were horrific. You know, but that, I was I yeah. had just turned eighteen. Mm -hmm. I wasn't gonna have that problem anyway. <laughs> Eighteen-year-old, eighteen-year-old girls do not date eighteen-year-old boys. <laughs> so um, that really never came up. That never came up. Um, the only thing I was able to do was to run, eat, study, and run. Yes. Uh, I had no time for social life, but even if I did, I was too young. And I had yeah, no yeah. car because remember we talked about poor. Um, no, no car was in the future. <laughs> yeah. So, so how was the experience at Arizona State? What were, were was there more diversity uh, on the team, and and how how did coach treat everyone? And and uh, you know. Well, how, how was your training there? Did you feel like you got better? Obviously, you, you, you shaved time off of your, uh, your, your personal bests once you got there. Yeah, that's when I started doubling workouts. That's when you started when doubling workouts. When I got workouts. to Arizona State. Mm -hmm. But Arizona State was remarkable to me. I was so at awe hmm. of what I saw. And back then, in the early 60s, they were building when I graduate, graduated, they were still building Arizona State University. But being poor, uh, they gave me some practice track shoes, some mm. practice uniform with Arizona State on it. Wow. <laughs> and I took it to my dorm and the coach said, what you doing? I said, I'm a race in this. He said, that's your practice outfit. Wow. <laughs> My practice outfit was better than anything I had, had ever yeah, run. Yeah, of course. And we had a practice track. Wow. Back then. I was, I was in awe. And I said, well, wait a minute. We're not going to race on this track. He said, no, this is where we practice. We had a practice track. We had a track that we raced on. And we had a football stadium. Wow. I had never seen anything like that. So you never visited campus before you got there? No, um, I visited one school, Western Michigan University, 
Wow. Because um, when they found out I was black, um, the tone changed. And Western Michigan turned me down. Well, that was the biggest mistake they ever made. Uh, they 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 wrote Arizona and said, well, you, they re recruited me illegally. I said, what's illegal about this? You turned me down. I mean, I, I can read. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. Said, Unfortunately, we regret. I said, well, and then the coach at Arizona State called me on the phone and he said that the only thing I had to do to get into Arizona State University was to sign the contract. And he said, and you're in. Wow. So I said, I said, send them in the mail. <laughs> so those were your two offers, Western Michigan and Arizona State. You didn't have other I offers? I had piles and piles of offers. Oh. So were you Some considering the, anybody else? Uh, University of New Mexico wrote me every day. Wow. And I, if I had known about the altitude, I might have considered them. Huh. Uh, I, I had schools from the South, but. <laughs> sure. I they were writing you'd be the first boy <laughs> and oh, see Lord. that mm. turned me off right there mm -hmm. and if you consider me as a boy now right uh, lord only knows what you consider me as when but Arizona state had the best offer they gave me a fifth, five year scholarship wow uh, see uh, most schools at the end of your fourth year you you have some extra uh, schoolwork to do. Sure, sure. And so, um, fortunately, I only had the student teach my uh, after my senior year, and so I took some graduate courses. Wow. And added it to my graduation list. But um, uh, the fifth year scholarship sold me because some schools wanted to offer me a, a part scholarship where you have to work, you know, you know, work uh, at the cafeteria. Work study, yeah. Work study, right, thank you. Mm -hmm. And I was I was thinking, I'm not going to make an Olympic team on right. a work study, you know. So anybody that offered me a half scholarship, uh, that was out. So you were doing student teaching your fifth year? Um, at the end of my fourth, fourth year. Yeah. I wow. Get, how was that? Were you, how So because you obviously became a teacher for a long time. How were you received taught, as a student? Yeah. I taught a year in Arizona. Wow. How, were you, how was that? It was it was. Well, number one, the biggest mistake I made was thinking teaching was easy. Because <laughs> I get up ask in the Benny and ask Benny about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I get up in the morning and run, you know, my regular right. route. And, and and when I get in the class and I'm in a reading group, <laughs> I would go to sleep. <laughs> and I say, well, children, why didn't y'all wake me up? They say, Mrs. Scott, we knew you was training for the Olympics Aww. and we knew you needed your sleep. But if my principal had walked in there, I'd have got fired. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> what a story. <laughs> yeah, but uh, when I was teaching, you had to be at work a half an hour early and you mm. had to leave a half an hour late. Or you could leave with the children if you were taking somebody home. So needless to say, I took somebody home every day. <laughs> right. Yes. I was still going to classes at night. Uh, you know, um, whew. training for the Olympics was the hardest thing that I ever did. I remember my coach telling me, he said, Lou, 
There are no shortcuts to the Olympics. And I didn't understand that when I was a high schooler. But when my first day of training for the Olympics, I said, oh, that's what he meant. Mm, right. <laughs> there were mornings I couldn't hardly get out of the bed. Sports Deli is sponsored by Moolah Kicks. Moolah is M-O-O-L-A-H, like money, Moolah. And kicks, like shoes, one word. You can find them online at moolahkicks.com. And it's the first ever female-only brand basketball shoe. So it's a shout-out to the basketball street culture. And it is also about fighting social injustice and gender inequality worldwide and here in the United States. And again, you can find them at moolahkicks.com. And now back to this incredible interview right here in the Sports Deli. Hope you enjoyed part one of this three-part series with Lou Scott, my high school cross-country coach at Oak Park High School and a member of the 1968 men's track and field team in Mexico City that included teammates John Carlos and Tommy Smith. And you don't want to miss parts two and three where Coach Scott talks about his training for the Olympics and the aftermath of John Carlos and Tommy Smith's protest at the 1968 Olympics, as well as his answers to the very famous rapid fire, this or that segment of the podcast. Remember, you can always send us an email to thesportsdeli at gmail.com. Remember, Black Lives Matter. Please mask up if you haven't had your vaccine yet. Stop Asian hate and remember it takes a village. For Dr. J and Coach K, I'm Hootie Hoot. Until next time. Peace.